0: Hey, John from blog.com here. Today, I want to talk about taking advantage of leverage in your niche site business. All right, business is largely all about leveraging the inputs. And the more revenue you can grind out of a business... With fewer inputs, the more successful your business is. Now, the good news is is that blogging or niche sites or whatever you want to call it is has a a good handful of very effective levers baked into it. It's what appealed to me. I mean, you know, interestingly enough, when I first learned about publishing sites, this is some time ago. I you know all all I knew about it was that websites made money from display ads. And a few cursory searches told me that display ads earn squat. And so I wasn't interested. There's a big mistake on two fronts there. First, I too quickly assumed the only way to make money from websites was display ads. And two, that they don't make any money. (laughs) Okay. So a little bit after that, I learned about affiliate marketing. So search engine optimization appealed to me right out of the gates. So I understood that, and it worked because I, I use it in a local business. It was a very powerful legal for that uh, lever for that business, and it worked really well. So I quickly understood how effective SEO was as a lever in my business. Once I discovered affiliate marketing, I understood how effective it could be as an online business. All right, so I the, the, the missing component when I first learned about SEO with a purely online business was monetization. All right, so ironically, I've since moved from primarily affiliate marketing into display ads because I've learned that display ads are a lot more lucrative than a lot of people used to say. Anyways, One of the most widespread, most successful, highest ROI levers in any online business and offline business is SEO, and it's for obvious reasons. What you publish today can drive revenue tomorrow, next month, next year. Now, I would venture to say SEO is getting tougher Over the years, especially when I compared to when I started in in around 08 with SEO, it might have even been earlier back then. I I was somewhat of an early adopter. It was quite easy. Uh, But now we've got a lot more competition. Google has a lot higher expectations. And so it's more difficult. On the plus side, we've got a lot more tools. There's a lot more knowledge out there. And, you know, even though we do have a lot of competition out there, if you know your subject matter or have writers that know it really well, It's not that difficult to stand out and perform well with some okay on-page optimization, topic research, keyword research. You, You do have to put in those efforts to, you know, give yourself the best opportunity. But once you do, once you figure it out within your niche or whatever business you have, SEO is a very, very powerful lever. I think also it appeals to bloggers, especially when starting out, because it's something we can learn and we could do ourselves. We don't have to pay someone to do it. You could certainly pay and you can pay a lot of money to have it done. But it's something that it's, it's, it's a DIY lever that a lot of bloggers do. I, I learned it myself. I did it myself. I didn't pay people to do SEO in the early days. I still largely don't. My SEO process is fairly simple. I don't do much offsite if any offsite, such as link building and promotion, maybe to my detriment, but I do prefer the on-site, focusing on the content and the keyword research and the internal linking and the factors that I have control over. And that is my MO with SEO. I don't liken myself an SEO in terms of I am an SEO. It's not a title I give myself. I view myself more as a publisher who takes advantage of SEO to get traffic. All right, so so SEO is a very powerful lever. There's not going to be a lot of bloggers out there or niche site publishers that aren't taking advantage of it, but you don't have to do it. It's not the only way to leverage a content business online for really high revenue. Social media can be extremely effective, and some people are very, very good at it. And, and those who are good at social media, whether it be Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest or LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever... For those who are very good at it, they have a huge advantage because it's arguably more difficult to succeed with social than SEO, and in fact, with compared to several of the other levers. And so, if you have a knack for it, you have a competitive advantage. A lot of companies do a really bad job at social. They do it because, well, that's what's done. They have a Facebook page. They may have Instagram and so forth, maybe even a YouTube channel. And there's some token posts out there and they post maybe once a week or once a month and they're kicking it along. But it's not really a revenue driver. They're not leveraging social media. So people who harness and figure out social media and can do it well, it can be extremely effective. And I'm not suggesting that everyone who listens to this should jump out and go learn social media. It's something I believe that y- you need to like, you need to enjoy doing it in order to learn how to do it well. And not only that, it's it's a bit of a treadmill, all right? And treadmill is like the anti-lever, but on the flip side You could be running the treadmill 10 hours a week and if you're growing your followers and you get better and better at social, your revenue will grow. So it is a lever in in that regard. But it does take time to learn and not everybody can figure it out. If you're going to do it, you might as well do it right or just don't do it at all. Like Token posts and wasting a little bit of time once a month or once a week is just not worth it. You either do it, you figure it out, you crack the code and you turn it into a powerful lever or leave it alone. Again, as a niche site operator or owner, you need you need to kind of figure out which social is going to work really well for you. And that, that's a bit of trial and error. I have some general guidelines based on my experience. And I find like Twitter and LinkedIn are great for business niches, not so great for a lot of other niches like hobby and uh, lifestyle niches. But that said, really the best way to figure out what social platforms are good for your niche is to see what other large sites are doing uh, on those platforms. Are they getting good results? The, the the great thing about most social is you can actually see the results. So I mean it tells you right there. And let's say there's a situation where most of the competition uh, let's say they're on Twitter and they're on Facebook but the good thing lousing results and you figure out a way to get good results so well, you now have an advantage and you you might be able to spot gaps in in social media within your industry it may let's say let's say generally twitter i would say is good for business politics sports people where there's these these built around communities that are interested in these topics uh, but let's say you are in a particular hobby niche. Most of your competition isn't really doing that well with Twitter, but you figure out a way to make it work because you like Twitter. Good for you. That could be your competitive advantage. Number three, it would be systems slash standard operating procedures. This is huge. This is a lever that most offline—I wouldn't want to say most—many offline businesses take advantage of. Think about factories. Think about franchises. Think about any business where they rely upon hiring people to basically grow the company. The more people they hire, they plug them into their systems and their workflows, train them with SOPs, and they grow their business. That's the concept. doesn't always work, but that's the concept. We're going to apply the same to blogging. You don't have to. Not every person who gets into this business wants to have to hire and train and manage people, and I get that, actually. Uh, You can look for other ways to grow. But if that appeals to you, then it is a viable option. If you are making great money publishing two articles a week, in theory, if you do the same quality of SEO and keyword research and internal linking and keep your systems in place, in theory, if you publish four articles per week, you're going to grow your revenue. Right, So, you do need to track your inputs to an extent. Now, I'm not particularly organized and I don't track everything down to the dollar, but I have a pretty good sense of which levers are working best for me for each particular site and which aren't. But systems and SOPs, not necessary but certainly a very powerful lever in this business. You can get started simply with hiring someone to just help with basic formatting and take some work off your plate, such as a virtual assistant who can get your post published and formatted and looking all nice on your website. That's how I started. That was my first hire because I just got tired of spending the time uh, once I wrote something to have to get it all formatted and published in WordPress and all that. And and while you're thinking, well, it, doesn't really take a whole lot of time. Well, each minute taken away from the actual writing, which was my preferred activity, uh, that added up. So, that was my first hire. It was a part-time hire and it worked out well and I built up from that. there. All right, number four. Lever number four is expertise. Expertise can be leveraged in a number of ways. And a lot of businesses are built on expertise leverage and it could certainly apply within the niche site industry. You could be be and leverage your expertise within your niche through the content that you produce, whether it's videos or articles or social media posts. Once you get recognized as somebody who knows what they're talking about in the niche, that's going to help grow your audience. It's going to attract an audience and you can when, Depending what you do with your traffic and audience, that's going to help. But you can also leverage your your expertise in other ways. For instance, Fatstacks is a website that I leveraged based on successfully publishing niche sites. Right, I published some niche sites; they make money. Um, I thought, well, you know, Fatstacks would be a site showing and explaining to people what I do. That's it, because they get questions, right? So th- there was a more of a directed reason of why I started, and that was primarily to talk about the uh, just how effective display ads were for monetizing these sites. Because back then, and I think still to this day, affiliate marketing is the, the most talked about way to monetize content sites. And while it's a good option, I... Do believe, and it's a primary message of Fatstacks is that display ads are also a very, very good option. And so that was the birth of Fatstacks and the reason it came to be. And it's expanded beyond all that. But basically, I leverage my and my surprise and uh, delight at how how well display ads work on these sites and turn that into a business into itself, which is Fatstacks. So, I mean, lawyers, for instance, they leverage their expertise big time. They go to school. They got all this knowledge that other people don't. They get their certifications, their ticket to practice law. And then even, you know, you compare a new lawyer compared to somebody who's been working in their field for 25 years, as their expertise becomes deeper and more recognized within their field, they're able to charge a higher hourly rate. So, they're leveraging their expertise. Now... Lawyers is not really the best example just because, I mean, they really, at the end of the day, are trading time for money. But, you know, a starting lawyer might bill $150 an hour. A senior lawyer with exceptional expertise in a high, highly sought-after area of law could charge upwards of $750 or $1,000 or maybe more per hour, All right? So, that that's leveraging with your expertise. Uh, email marketing. This is probably in the right niche. I'm going to, and this was another central message of Fat Stacks all through the years, is that email marketing is great in the right niche. All right. Email marketing is not the be all and end all in all niches. I know from personal experience, I operate in multiple niches. It works magnificently in some and in others it's not so great. It's almost not worth doing. Okay, so that's really important. It's always worth trying and figuring out because it's not expensive to get started. It takes a little bit of time to figure out the tech, but it's worth trying and figuring out because if it does work, it's very powerful. And in fact, email marketing with a with an online business has three built-in levers, which makes it like just unbelievable when it works. Okay, the first the first lever is growing your subscribers. In theory, more subscribers, more revenue. That's all you got to do. You just got to add subscribers. Net, you know, people are going to unsubscribe. That's normal. Don't, Don't take that personally. But hopefully your net number of subscribers goes up over time. So that's one way you're going to leverage your email to grow your revenue. A second lever is growing your Revenue per subscriber over a specific specific amount of time. So, you know, your first six months or first twelve months is is the revenue per subscriber you want to look at because there's probably a cost in in attracting those subscribers. Whether it's SEO investment or paid ads or time spent on social media, whatever it is, whether it's your time or money, there is a cost associated with attracting subscribers. So, you want to look at what your Subscribers earn per month in the first 12 months, or look at it as the whole 12 months per subscriber. All right. So that's the second lever. So if you could increase that figure, you are leveraging your email. All right. And you could do that by better copywriting in your emails, more emails, more promotions, better promotions, negotiating higher commissions, sell a course. There are a million ways to increase the way or your options to higher revenue uh, with an email newsletter. The third lever is enjoying revenue from subscribers over and over in the long run. Okay. So the great thing about email is if they're happy readers, they're going to stick around for years and years and years, All right? So not every subscriber will, but some will. And so certainly the revenue generated in the first 3 or 6 or 12 months is important because you want you want to get your money back but beyond that it's like indefinite right if you if you publish the email newsletter for 20 years then you will have subscribers who subscribed in year 1 and they're still there and if you make money from the newsletter even whether you sell just ads or sponsored posts, you're still making money from those subscribers. So, email is very, very effective. You just need to figure out if it works in your niche. The sixth lever, and this is the hardest one to take advantage of, and that's brand building, building a brand. What's interesting with niche sites and blogs and YouTube channels is you can eyeball how effective your brand is by looking at the search volume and the direct traffic to your site. There's a strong argument to be made. And I I think there's something to it for sure that the more traffic you get, that's direct, that's seeking out your site and going there, whether it's daily or weekly and checking out for updates or for whatever it is, whatever the site is known for, as that figure grows, you can presume your brand is growing. And does that mean you're going, you're on track to become the next Martha Stewart? No, not necessarily. Uh, That's a very difficult thing to do, but you can entrench yourself with some brand recognition within the niche. And all it really takes is publishing a good publication that people like and being around for a while. And in time, it will become more and more recognized. You may not become a household brand, very likely not. If you do, awesome, not likely. I'm not delusional, I don't think I'll ever (laughs) produce a household brand but i do believe and i think in some part i've achieved some sort of brand recognition within the niche all right so those are your six main levers with niche sites what about paid traffic well paid traffic is definitely a lever for online businesses generally i mean e-commerce sites take advantage of it Uh, email newsletters Do lots of paid traffic once they've dialed in the revenue. So, the key here is it's all about how well whatever it is you're driving traffic to is monetized. So, the problem with niche sites that are display ad monetized is is the display ads, while they can be very lucrative, it's not often you're going to be able to generate a profit from paid traffic just earning from display ads. You would need more. Uh, this used to work quite well eight nine years ago. It's called ad arbitrage. Some people still make it work. I, I I don't want to say don't try it. I think if you if you have an angle or you think you can do it and can do it, you can you can make a lot of money very very quickly. Pay traffic is all about fast. And so once you've dialed in the ROI and it's positive, it's just a matter. It just runs on autopilot. You can increase it to a point. And it's great in those regards. It's great for local businesses. You know, they got a high value service. There's lots of profit margin built in there. And they figure out their paid traffic campaigns that work. And there you go. They're they're in business, right? It's harder with niche sites. So I'm, I didn't include it in the six. It's something to keep in mind. If you do improve your monetization, if you roll out a product or, or add an e-commerce or sort do of thing, then you definitely want to explore paid traffic. All right. So what's the best lever for you for your site? This is something you need to figure out and I think it, it it's like this big soup of what you're good at, what you like doing, especially when you're starting out because you can't really do it all. Uh, in the long run, I think it's really good to diversify your levers. You don't necessarily need to do all six, but you, you want to take advantage of two or three, especially develop two or three good traffic sources. And so you need to really figure out what's going to work for you. And within the whole social media umbrella, I mean, there, there's a lot of options there and not all are going to work. So again, you have to figure those. This is just something that takes time. It's something you want to explore, uh, and, and try out for for your niche site you want to you want to check them all out but it will you're just going to have to you know figure out okay well i can make social media work and i'm getting pretty good traffic but i have to put 30 hours a week into it uh and then so the next question would be well can i hire and train someone to do it chances are yes but you really got to look at the profit or or if, if you're making you know 300 bucks a month putting 30 hours a week into it, unless you really see that there's massive potential, you're going to be in the red hiring someone because they're going to charge you more than 300 bucks a week. So it, you, you really need to obviously look at these numbers as you're figuring it out. But let's say you just get started on social and you have maybe a thousand Facebook followers and you're making 300 bucks a month from it. That has some pr- really good potential. Because a 1,000 followers on Facebook is not very many, right? You can get a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, or more. And then, in theory, you're driving a ton of profit. So, you need to test it out. And so, it's, there's, it's not a one-size-fits-all. I do think if you can figure out and crack the code for any levers that your competition is not taking advantage of, that's one way to gain a competitive advantage within your niche. All right. So, the whole point of all this is to break your business down into parts to figure out what's working and what's not working. Because it's so easy that we fall in these rabbit holes over time and we read about, oh, read about some niche site publisher who's killing it on Pinterest. And they're getting 500,000 visitors a month and the ad RPM is great. They're even doing some affiliate stuff. And we think, wow, that's just fantastic. And you're like, my niche is kind of visual. I could do it. The question is, is is can you do it, and will it work? And you don't know, and and you need to figure this out. And of course, it's always hard to know when to throw in the towel. That that is one of the hardest questions. I mean, you can if you try Pinterest for a week, or really any social media platform for a week that's not really going to be enough time to figure it out. One exception could be Facebook. If you plow a ton of money into ads and get a bunch of followers and then see what sort of organic reach you get from that, you get a pretty pretty good result from that. But it really does take time. So I'll end with one other anti-lever thought that – It's probably not going to resonate with most listeners, but it will resonate with some. And it actually resonates with me in part. And that is, don't forget the lifestyle option, all right? You don't necessarily have to get into this business because it does have leverage baked into it. Maybe you you do it because you just like to write or you just like to create videos or you love to create fun, viral Instagram posts and that's all you want to do. You don't want to hire and train a bunch of people to do it. You don't want to figure out the next lever and try to take advantage of that. You found your your mechanism and it works and you're good at it and you enjoy doing it day after day after day. If that's the case, you're very lucky. You found something you enjoy doing that pays the bills, carry on. The rest of us want to build a larger business. Well, the levers are there for us to take advantage of. Thanks for listening.